found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. Well, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, Do you wonder why you take the time each week to listen to this more podcast? Well, I'll tell you why. More stands for maximizing opportunities for right now and eternity. So stop asking why you listen. Just never forget to listen and pass it on. Uh, This podcast episode was brought to you by Soccer Collies. Uh, When you need a training partner that fetches success, let Soccer Collies set you up with a Border Collie dog that plays better than David Beckman. Some restrictions may apply. There you go. Wow. (laughs) It's a real thing. Okay. This guy actually rents out Soccer Collies. To play soccer and help you train. Really? Yeah. There's a market for everything. There's a market for everything. Well, uh, we got to get into our introduction music here. Well, here to help me with your weekly dose of more goodness. He's the only man who can break the sound barrier with his sermons causing sonic booms of enlightenment. Pastor Gary Mendo. Woohoo! All right. Sitting across the table from me now, running the buttons and the knobs. The unofficial inventor of the game, Cornhole, <laughs> Pastor Alex Norton. Yeah! In the house! I think, I think actually there was not just Cornhole, there was probably Cake Hole and Pie Hole and <laughs> anything else that would go cake in that walks, hole. all there those things go. are, yeah, mine. And uh, last but not least, uh, in the key position right now. Key position? Key position. Well, he's at the head of the table. Yes, he is. Right, yeah. Uh, Pastor Matt. Hey, hey, hey. And sitting at his right, who will also dip in the cup with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a few of those around here. Let's see what happens here. Well, uh, we did, uh, as we're getting ready to start the show this morning, we got some Twitters that came in, uh, Pastor Gary. Um, let's see who we got here. Posting uh, Podcast Phenom uh, tweeted, I nominate more podcasts for the most likely to make you snort your coffee while laughing award. Um, that's a good one. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Podcast phenom. Uh, and another one here, uh, info nerd extraordinaire says hosting a trivia night and winning. Thanks to more podcasts who knew my obscure knowledge of empire size flagpoles would come in handy. I was, from I remember a, that. Yeah, it was that a story was, last week. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, thoughts for this week. I, you know, I always come up with a great little stories to talk about, but it's the first night of NFL football. Yes, I heard the Lions are kicking off the season. Yes, with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, tonight at eight o'clock. Uh, but there's kind some of things. a tough draw for their first <laughs> for their first game. But isn't it normal? Like, don't they usually get like a, a cushy kind of first start? You know, so you kind of it see. is the NFL. So there's probably no cushy ones in yeah. there really. But but to put them up but, against. But baby, you're looking at it wrong. Oh, okay, it's cushy for the for the <laughs> Chiefs. Chiefs and not for the Lions. I know. There I, you go. So there's, whenever that happens, there's always one team that's got the cushy and the other one has the challenge, right? Right. Okay. But the good thing is uh, Kelsey might not be playing today. Oh, okay. So uh, his so go-to 50, man. 50% yeah. of their offense. Yeah. So, he, you know, that's usually who Mahomes throws to. So we yep. might have a chance okay. because Kelsey's might be inactive. He's still on the active roster, but he pulled something in his knee. I did get knee. an invitation from the... Uh, you know, the construction crew. Did you? The Sean Meyer construction for the opening night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Over over there at the man cave. So we're going to be, uh, well, we got, you know, I've got praise and worship practice tonight. And I, I told Ted, I said, Pastor Ted, uh, my priorities. We got to gotta wrap this up, man. <laughs> so if it doesn't go as planned, you know, so what, man? We just got to cut it, you know, and go. Because I'm already going to miss. Do you see those commercials kickoff. on TV where the guy's at the wedding perhaps, and he's watching his phone on oh, the yeah. game during the wedding and then he kicks over and knocks it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That'll I get, be you tonight. I get kind of fidgety. Uh, and it's that way on Sunday games too because we have a small group on Sunday and I'm usually like, let's let's eat and talk. Let's get out of here. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's go. Because mm-hmm. we have it earlier in the day and mm-hmm. then, you know. If you're going to cry, start now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, there are some things, if you're a football fan of the Lions, uh, Coach Dan Campbell has some uh, hurdles to uh, get over for this game. Uh, the Lions are still dealing with some gambling suspensions that they dealt with last year. 
Uh, Detroit released three players last year, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver Stanley Burhill and Quinta Cephas and safety C.J. Moore. Mm. Uh, the other wide receiver, Jamison Williams, uh, he remains uh, on the team, but he still have to deal with the issues of suspension. So he he's probably not going to play. It looks like he's not going to play at least tonight. Uh, did you know that? I heard about that, yeah. Wasn't yeah. there some drugs involved too? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it did, that didn't seem like it got much play. It was right. the issue that they gambled against themselves in the game, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't do that. Um, so I don't know how long these guys are going to be on suspension, but they're still on And obviously suspension. they're not rocket scientists because, you know, if you touch your phone and use it, right. it can be <laughs> tracked. Right? Yeah. And they were, oh, yeah. they were betting with their phones well, in the, the bathroom, yeah, in the locker room. Using just, using their names on like a fan duel or whatever it yep, is the gambling yep. things, I mean, come on! If you're gonna do it, use a third party or something. <laughs> I, I didn't say football players were the smartest in the group, but I mean, our president at least knows how to use different names for right. Yeah, stuff. the big man. <laughs> yeah, go buy something else besides <laughs> your name. Uh, and I have a story to tell about that. Yeah, let As me. A matter of fact, uh, we went on our one of our uh, youth trips when I was a uh, youth pastor and uh, we sent the kids out to do some prayer time, individual prayer time, you know, a little devotional prayer time. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the warden from the campground that we were at came in and they're like, all right, is uh, Susie Smith here? And Mm -hmm. we're like, yeah, we have a Susie Smith. How about a Betsy, Betsy Ross? I'm like, yeah, we got a Betsy Ross too. That's pretty good. You're two for two. Yeah. He goes, yeah, because they just carved their names in the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) So we Uh, got to buy some new boards for the bridge. Oh yeah. (laughs) Courtesy of Harbor Light. Yeah. Pastor Gary, the date, my location that you can find me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just carve it all in. Here's my telephone number. (laughs) Uh, Well, uh, the other thing too, uh, if you're paying attention to what the Lions are going to be doing, uh, they have new defensive players this season. Mm. They haven't had a you know track record with the Lions. Uh, the Lions' defensive statistics in 2022 last year were horrible. Uh, they allowed the most yards in the NFL and gave up the most first downs out of all the teams. Uh, they were ranked 30th in passing defense and were 29th against the rush. Uh, so Detroit thinks they're going to add three defensive backs that will do something helpful. The interesting thing is all these guys are free agents this year. You have safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson from the Eagles. Uh, you have cornerbacks uh, Cameron Sutton, previously with the Steelers, and Emmanuel Mosley from 49ers, which Emmanuel Mosley might actually do some good stuff for us. He was pretty good. Um, so that's a good pick. Mosley is, uh, but uh, unfortunately, Mosley is still on the men from an ACL injury. So, again, we're not sure if he's going to play against the Chiefs. So we get a good player, and he might be benched. Uh, the other thing is uh, their 1,000-yard rusher, uh, that we had last year, Jamal Williams, is gone. The guy rushed 1,066 yards for Detroit last year, but the Lions let him sign as free agent with the New Orleans Saints, so he's going to another team. Uh, that came after Detroit added a back from a division rival, former Bears running back David Montgomery, who started Iowa State. Uh, Detroit also drafted former Alabama star Jamar Gibbs, which might be a good one. Uh, with the 12th overall pick in this year's draft in Kansas City. So there's some good, there's some bad, and there might be some ugly going on there. But, you know, Goff is reported as saying today that he feels like the team is going to do well. He thinks that we have a very good offensive line, so we should see what happens. I don't know. I, I'm keeping, you know, I never thought I'd see the Cubs win in my lifetime, and they mm-hmm. did. Yep. So there's always a chance. There's always a chance. Mm. So those are just some things to keep you – and the, the no, uh, as you uh, get ready to watch the game. And, uh, you know, I, just forget about everything I said. Don't even worry about it. As you get into the game, just think everything is just the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep hope alive. We're going to take out an identity break. We're right back. Oh, we just got another tweet in here. Uh, Punny Pam wrote, tune into more podcasts with a lowdown on why we can't resist puns. Uh, spoiler alerts, our brains are wired for punishment. You get it? Uh-huh. Punishment, yeah. 
Thank you, Punny Pam, for that one. Uh, well, uh, do you guys have anything going on this week that we should know about? No, it's the first week of school for most of the kids. Yeah, yeah. First week of school, so I know it's like uh, when you go through the hallways now, it's like going up against the salmon, you know. Yeah, the salmon <laughs> runs Alaska. The salmon run in Alaska, yeah, they just like run you over. Mm-hmm. I, they don't even have to time me even though you're standing there, you know. Yeah, and, and we've made the hallways a little bit more narrow, putting lockers on both sides, yeah, yeah. and so now it is even more, you know, confined in the travel way. Yeah, I think I, I, I've mentioned this to uh, Lisa Beckman. They need to put a light out by her office. Mm. So like that, a stoplight? Yeah, stoplight, go light, because uh, when they're coming around the corner, they mm-hmm. just about run you over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I can't, I don't move that fast, apparently, because I'm always getting hit. Uh, and then they then they look up, and they're like, oh, there's a human standing here. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they were there. Um, other than that, we, you know, you've got a, we'd mentioned that we have a new maintenance guy. We we have. We have mentioned Pastor it, Pastor yeah. Steven. Yep. Yeah, and he's uh, taking over the helm now, and so uh, has it relieved your schedule at all? I'm feeling slightly less uh you know busy yeah slightly less busy but we're still in the training mode so <laughs> yeah yep, he's how doing long, great though how long he's is that great. gonna go for uh i figured two weeks he would have it really yeah so i'm feeling good he's doing great yeah so, he seems like you know i mean we saw him at staff meeting talk to him and everything yep. he seems like we had uh, we had sausage burrito uh, breakfast celebration this morning because i got a giant project done oh and, did uh, yeah so i'm like all right boys it's burrito boys i didn't uh i didn't get my invitation on that one Got to come help clean out the furnace room. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I never got. You know, this. I. It seems to always miss out on these invitations. I I didn't get a burrito day when we cleaned the barn out. All right. You did. I'll make up for it. See, I. I I some. I I maybe I'm on. I think I'm on a different. You're usually on top of this stuff. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Remember, I wasn't there that day. No, you weren't. It's always you have to do it in front of me to be able to get that. Oh, okay. Okay. And everyone knows, you know, if you want to go out to lunch, you always hang around Pastor Gary. About 1130 to 1 is a pretty good chance you're going to get to go to lunch. (laughs) You're going to have the whole staff standing up by your car by 1130. So the trick now will be to make a mess. Right. Wait until Pastor Gary sees you cleaning up. Yeah, then walk me past it and be like, oh, my gosh, look at this. I'll take 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 care care of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, note to self. Yep. <laughs> now I want you to know there's a little theme running there with Pastor Matt's strategy. It's yeah. the same one when I lose my keys. Somehow my keys just come up oh, missing on Sundays. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. then I'm like, Hey, where are they? Nobody knows. And then I'm like, okay, $5 reward. Maybe I'll get somebody's interest. When I say 20, then Pastor Matt's like, look, I found them. Yeah, I know. It was just amazing. this week. That, that was happened. amazing when that happened this week. Yeah. I, uh, he knew right where they were the whole time. He had taken my keys yeah. and locked them in the usher's room. Then I couldn't get in there because it was locked. Yeah. And hey, then he went hey, and got them. Hey, he now, went and got them immediately. Some pretty intense accusations. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a pattern though. There is a, a pattern. He has a track record though. I'm just going to point that out because he was the one that found whatever you lost the last time. Yeah. Yeah, and he's it, he's on it. He knows. Yep. He's waiting for everything to go up. Have you have you considered using one of those like tags that track your keys, <laughs> and maybe then you could find them yourself? He did have one either, didn't did. he? Oh, yeah, oh, but okay. the battery was low, or it was locked in a lead box or something. <laughs> something I'm not yeah, sure yeah. where it was at. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, those things. I didn't know the the batteries. How long was, did you have that? They tag said for? they said they last about a year, which I was surprised by as well. So you just put it on your phone, an alert. Yeah. A year from now, you got to make sure the battery. <laughs> there you go. The battery's already uh, always up. For for two hundred dollars, you can buy the one where the batteries last longer. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I've thought about that before because I mean, like, I, I've lost my keys, I've lost my wallet, I lose my glasses, but I, I think a tag on my glasses would be <laughs> right a little. Lot. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but whoever's hiding his keys, if they're smart, they'll just take the battery out when they yes. hide. Them. Oh, that's so. a good idea. Mm-hmm. It does, See, doesn't it amazing how he comes up with all of knows. these things? I would never I, think yeah, of. He's got it figured out. You know, what do they say? Hire a criminal to catch a criminal? That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and locks are only for honest people. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think it's interesting, Pastor Matt. I mean, There's a you may be just really, you know, really intuitive about how Pastor Gary operates. I yeah. think not. No, you don't think so? Coincidence? Coincidence. No. He's, not, he's not buying it. He's not buying it. No, you guys... I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm That's, just. You better not, because <laughs> things might show up missing for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> How much money? Do you have? Uh, do you, take you know gift Pastor Matt's from Sicily too? <laughs> you know where they where the mafia was founded, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, do you take gift cards if we lose anything? Uh, I, I have two. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, don't worry. More podcasts will be back in just a second.
Scripture Ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. Time to get groovy. Well, uh, we've got some interesting things in the rapture ready news. Uh, not so much like on point things like thus saith the Lord in the Bible, but some things to make you think a little bit how close we are to the end. Um, the first one that's up that hit the news uh, last week was Ukraine and Russia war. Uh, people are saying that's the beginning of World War III. Uh, the Third World War um, has already started as far as um, the people that know are, are part of the government. Uh, they're expecting conflicts to break out outside of Ukraine. Um, and this UK, Ukraine's uh, top security chief declared that on Tuesday. Uh, speaking from Kiev Security Forum alongside former CIA Chief General David Petraeus, uh, who is the Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, Oliski Danilov. I'm not very good with these names. Uh, he says that people that think that the Third World War has not yet started are making a big mistake. Mm. Uh, this is not just about relations between Ukraine and Russia. It's also a big mistake to think that this is not happening. It's a much more complicated geopolitical situation, and some sober-minded people have said that this is not the last war in this century. So they're saying that it could break out to even more. Um, well, all you have to do is read the book of Revelation. You see the three major players, Israel, yeah. Russia, and China. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we mentioned, I think, last week or the week before about how, you know, Putin's not, you know, setting aside his uh, nuclear arsenal. He's yeah talking would, about it. I would probably tend to lean away from that one just a little bit just because we see blood running uh, up to the bridle yeah. in the book of Revelation. So that's more of a conventional uh, style war. Like man on man. Yeah, yeah, bullets and bombs and stuff versus nuclear yeah. warheads. Well, you know, and there there was another, I didn't put it in here, but there's another article that mentioned that uh, Putin's attack in Ukraine looks a lot like uh, Hitler's attack on England mm. during the Blitzkrieg. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's sort of the same model, I guess. I don't know. Except for the Germans were a lot better at it. Yeah, apparently, okay. yeah. Yeah, we're... They didn't, uh, yeah, they didn't seem to lose so many people when they... When yeah, and they I think yeah. they they took over Poland in like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were all hopped up on effort, and I heard, okay. uh, you know, if you're, the, you know, it's like, it's like a caffeine times 20. Oh, really? really? Yeah, the guys never slept. Huh. Yeah, th- that's one of the things, uh, one of the things they were saying is when the guys actually, they actually captured people that had been a part of that, these guys were so like messed up emotionally and physically because of all the medications they were taking to keep going mm. and fighting when they were, mm-hmm. you know, beyond uh-huh. tired. Uh, another one that's uh, hit uh, the news, which is interesting. Uh, scientists have created um, what they consider to be the beginning of human life with no mother, no father. Mm-hmm. Uh, Professor Jacob Hanna of Wiseman Institute is a leader of a team who report that they have grown the early stages of a human embryo like entity without using typical things like sperm and egg in a womb. Uh, the embryo model even releases hormones that triggered a positive pregnancy test when they, they tried it. And so instead of the typical things that would, would create a human being, uh, the materials derived from a, a naive stem cell, which mm. was pre reprogrammed to gain the potential to become a human and started to show attributes of being part of a human life. So wow. that's interesting. Do you know, referencing back to World War II, Romania... Uh, the dictator that was in charge at that particular time, it was illegal for a woman to not be pregnant. She had to be pregnant. Really? Yeah, because they were trying to raise up the next uh, generation of fighters for for them. And so the orphanages in Romania were just overrun with children at the end of the war. These parents didn't want these kids. Mm -hmm. These moms didn't want these children. And so they just gave them up to the orphanages to run. And so Romania has a major, major problem with uh, older folks now, but uh, they didn't have a mom and dad. Really? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, my wow. my son showed me this article, uh, who's in the Navy, he said that whenever wartime is going to break out, there's more births of males than there are females. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's like, I don't know, maybe our something in our subconscious or whatever. I don't know how it happens, but yeah. yeah. And they statistically show that every time, whenever we have a major war uh, come, all of a sudden there's more births of males than there are females. Crazy. 
So that is interesting. Yeah. So statistically, let's look at that. That'd be kind of an interesting thing to think about. Um, well, we'll take an idea break. We're right back. The more podcasts want you to know. God more deeply. Find lasting freedom. Discover your destiny. And make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcasts. the magic of transforming spaces with Sean Meyer Construction. From visionary designs to impeccable craftsmanship, we're your partner in creating remarkable homes. If you're looking for a contractor to do the right thing at the right time for the right price, let him build your dream together. Contact Sean Meyer Construction. Well, uh, Harbor Light Bible Trivia, here we are. We had a big winner last week, Linda yeah. Murray. Linda, Linda Murray won it. She is an amazingly... Yeah, great. She was really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said that uh, somebody actually turned in a name for this character that we we're looking for, right? The what one on the the question from last? Oh week. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben Budnick. Ben Budnick. He said he found a name in there. Okay, is uh, Samantha? Samantha. Yeah. So the Bible of trivia question from last week yeah. was: um, How many times had the lady been married that Jesus sat at the well with? And it was five. Five times. Five times she was married, and then she was currently living with someone she wasn't married to. And apparently her name is Samantha. 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 Yeah, I'm okay. not sure what translation she was using, but... Uh, it was a special special Budnick. Yeah, well, he, you know, he digs deep. Yeah. You know, he, he probably was reading the Greek and Hebrew and mm -hmm. Aramaic and probably figured it out. You know, I, I don't put it past Ben to figure this one out, but... Uh, Did our monthly winner pick up their swag yet? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I gave it to her. I gave it to her last Sunday, and so she was... Well, Super I want to let you know. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek here. Yeah. So um, I've got some more hats coming in. Do you really? Yes. All right. Looking we, forward to that. When Is it? Um, I would say probably about a week and a half I'll have them ready to go. Really? Yeah. All You're right. going to want one. Am I going to want yeah. one? Okay. You know um, it. It's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, also, we should give a shout out to Alan Kerbinski. Yes. Kerbinski? Kerbinski? Is that how you... I, I don't know how to say his last name. Alan Kay. Yeah, Alan Kay. He is the winner and the extraordinary man who found all of the first season podcast yeah, yeah. on recording. Ooh. So we're going to be able to add that back in so yep. that you can go back in your leisure time and binge listen to the podcast from the first year when there was some great material. There on was. There. there was some, like, the Canadian coffee story was yeah, on there. the maple syrup. The maple syrup, yeah, that yeah. was that one in there. You want to hear that? And I got a new one I would like to be able to add at some point here, okay. maybe today if there's some time, about uh, when I, my life was almost taken away from me this weekend. Well, Ooh. tell me about it before we get to the question, because now you got my... For real? Yeah, now you got and my... And I'm going to leave it. I'm going to cliffhang it. I'll just leave it there for a little bit. Okay, we'll you want to come, come back, back to it? Because yeah. yep. you sure? I am. Okay. I am. Uh, I've got to get myself emotionally ready to be able to share. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but I'll tell you this, uh, he gave us all those and I realized there's 33 episodes okay. we did last year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really impressive. So it's more than 15. Okay. Yeah. Good. Double the amount. Yeah. So I've been loading those so, up. Thank you, Alan. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. We've been getting those up and, uh, we should have them all up by the end of this week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So think of all those things you could be binge watching. You just yep. sit around for hours. Mm -hmm. Just listen. We are picking up new fans. I'm hearing people in the congregation saying, yeah. yeah, we're listening now and we like it. And it's good. Yeah. Well, you know, on average, we have about 173 downloads okay. uh, that happen on uh, you know, a daily basis or every other day or whatever. I did get a text from someone from South Carolina just saying our comments about eating the eyeball and stuff last weekend was, yeah. you know, they gave the throw up little emoji oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, we didn't though. I didn't. Right. I, did you when you were over there? I did. I don't think I ate an eyeball. I just ate the bugs, the bugs in there. Yeah, when I was in Korea. Oh, in Korea. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So you want a question for this week? Yeah, let me hear. Okay. What's the address that we go to to uh, put in the um, answer? Oh, that's right. Yeah, for just to probably get I'm that just out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Help me Teeing out there. up for you. Uh, Bible Trivia at gmail .com, Write that to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail .com, All lowercase, and let us know your answer. Okay, so here we go. Here's the question. Yeah. It comes from the Old Testament. It's going to set us up for this weekend's talk when we're starting about that new series called, oh, yeah, right. you know, Steady Flow or When the Bible and Culture Collide. Yeah. So the question for this week is from the Old Testament. So you have to look way back there and find it. There are two main 
idols or false gods that the children of Israel were continually being tempted to worship. Yeah. One of them was Baal, and what's the name of the other idol that Ooh. goes hand in hand with Baal? Um, this is a good one. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, so it's you know you can't just say like they worship wood or rocks or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a name. There's for an it. actual name, name for it. Yeah. Yep. yeah, go for the name and of, uh, of the cohort to Baal. I'm sure Ben. Ben's, Ben's going to get find this. He's, he will. Ben is going to come up with a lot of information, you know, on this mm-hmm. one. And I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Ben answers it. Then Leslie answers it. And then Brian answers it. Mm-hmm. And they're all in the same family. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. I'll tell you what. The name Sam from this last weekend was a pretty good attempt. Yeah. But I think I would have changed it to this other name. The other one. The other name. The, the one that's shorter version of the other the name one we're, that looking we're looking for, for right now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah. A little hint there. Yes. Yeah, a little I'm hint. Helping. Oh. It's in the Old Testament. It is. Is there like a certain section that we mm-hmm. should look at? I think you're in Judges for sure. Judges, okay. Mm-hmm. But just look up Baal and his counterpart to idol worship. You'll find it. You'll find it right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think this is going to be a good question. But if you have the answer to this, uh, send it to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. Trivia gmail.com, all lowercase. And uh, let us know what you're thinking about. Um, we're going to play one of our favorites, the Critter Commander commercial. We'll be right back. Deep in the darkness of night, critters and creatures are stalking your yard, your front porch, your trash cans, and even your crawl space. These pets can dig and destroy important wiring or foundational structures of your home. If you have stepped on a furry in the middle of the night, you know how unnerving this can be. Hey, when you start sharing meals with rodents, it's time to call for some serious help. In 2020, a crack commando was sent to prison by a military court for a crime that he didn't commit. This man promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade in the Emmett County underground. Today, still wanted by the government, he survives as the critter commander. Thank you, Myron. There isn't a skunk alive that can spray Critter Commander. His reflexes are super cat-like. Raccoons, give me a break, they can't match his wits. He has even been known to wrestle chipmunks into full submission. So don't let your home be overrun with problem possums or even menacing moles. Call for the Critter Commander. He is on YouTube and he's a YouTube sensation with tens of, well, views. Call Critter Commander at 231-838-8239. Dampside Inn is an historic restaurant located in Pelston, Michigan. Nestled next to the North's most scenic majesty, it offers a picturesque setting and a charming ambiance. The restaurant serves a delicious array of old country dining with its rustic charm and scenic surroundings. Making the Dampside Inn at 6705 Woodland Road, Pelston, your next stop to make memories as a family for generations to come. The Dampside Inn. Okay, so before we get into this Bible talk, do you want to share the story now? Oh, okay, I can. So um, a lot of people don't really know that um, I am not a good swimmer, okay? I would have never known that. Yeah, Mark Spitz, yeah. I am not, okay? Really? Yes, I am not a good swimmer at you all. You know you've been born and raised, in, or you're raised in the Around lake, water, yeah. but I, when I swim, I go straight to the bottom. Really? Okay, so um, a little confession here. This last weekend, my wife and I had a couple of days off, so we went yeah. fishing Sunday morning. Uh, she caught 26 fish. What? She's an amazing woman, yes. Uh, it was super windy out. We got to a fishing hole that she really wanted to fish. And she said, hey, is it okay for us to throw the anchor out and kind of fish in this spot for a little bit? Yeah. And uh, we could tell somebody had uh, maybe used our boat. Uh, and so there was some evidence of that. So I'm like, well, just make sure that the anchor is still tied on. So yeah. she mm-hmm. gave it a tug yeah. and it was connected to the boat. She grabbed the anchor and uh, threw it um, out the front of the boat. But somebody had unclipped the rope from the chain. <laughs> and so the anchor went straight to the bottom of the lake. And she felt uh, so terrible yeah. about it. And uh, so it was super windy and we couldn't really get to it or anything. So we went fishing somewhere else and we came back when it was a little less windy, a little less wavy. And I found it on the bottom of the lake. Yeah. And uh, so we threw out the other anchor that we had that was also attached to the rope. So that was good. So we're now kind of in position. And then I said, hey, do you you want to go in and get the anchor? Right. Right. And she's a really good swimmer. Really good. And um, of course, I'm not a good swimmer at all. Yeah. And she's like, no, I think it would be romantic for you to go get it for us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, those are the exact words. And so I took off my glasses and my T-shirt and made your shoes. You know, I didn't have my, you know, phone in my pocket or anything. And yeah. I dove. I, it was about 
10 or 15,000 leagues under the sea yeah, right, all yeah. the way to oh, the bottom. Real deep, real I even deep. had to open my eyes because I was so deep. What? I couldn't see down there. And I felt around with my eyes open. I found the anchor. Yeah. Right. And I grabbed a hold of it. And now I'm going to swim to the surface. Okay. And as I'm coming up, you know, I'm avoiding the bends and I'm getting to the surface. Yeah. And then, you know, you can make, you can pick up heavy things underwater. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. Too, but the second that that anchor broke the surface of the water, it yeah. weighed a thousand pounds. <laughs> and I could barely keep my head out of the water. Oh, oh, and I'm man. treading as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. And I'm starting to go down. But I make one last surge and I get the anchor <laughs> just enough out of the water for her to reach and grab it. Yeah. and uh, saved my life and uh, kept me from drowning. And um, wow. so, yeah, so then I, I was able to climb up on the boat um, after she lowered the ladder and uh, I got up and I'm just like breathing for my, all my life. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you almost drowned. And I'm like, yes, I just performed a Jacques Cousteau moment for you. <laughs> so super romantic, uh, super romantic. Yes. I'm sure she yeah. thought that. I'm yep. sure, yeah, she was. So I was able to dry off and put my cape back on and, and I was ready to go. What I noticed was interesting because I did hear this story uh-huh. before. I remember Lisa Kay saying, I didn't want to get wet. Yeah. And I didn't get wet. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that was a really interesting was, key point there. Yeah. A yeah. win for her. It was yeah, a win for her. Was. Yeah. So <laughs> so I thank the Lord, you know, that uh, I didn't skip church and almost drown in the lake. Yeah. So it was wow. Good. I'm, I'm just, I'm happy you're here. Yes. I mean, you could have so not I. been here today. So and, I. I did uh, drink some of the lake. I can tell you that. It was, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I am just not a swimmer. Yeah. Just not. Well, you know, you, you should be like me. If you, you know, you've got my body type, you just kind of float on the top. Do you know that I had a yeah. foster sister who was a registered lifeguard and we went swimming time in a, uh, in a wave pool Yeah, and without floaties and stuff. And I ended up at the bottom of the wave pool. And then that lifeguard had to throw, well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my sister Carol to save me. And she's like, yeah. get away from me. I'm drowning. And I actually, <laughs> I had to get rescued by the lifeguard. Really? Yes. Oh my, oh my yeah. gosh. I, saw, I was going towards the light. I can tell you that. Well, we're glad you're here today. Thank you. I mean. Near, near death experiences kind of give you a new perspective on life, don't yep, they? They do. Yeah. Eventually you're like, man, I'm glad I'm here. But yeah, uh, I, I just feel bad. I feel bad for you because you live, you're surrounded by lakes mm-hmm. and yeah, you're, you really shouldn't be going in the water. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can, well, well, as long as you can stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you get, yeah, I get you. I get you. Uh, well, we'll just, uh, well, you won't put you in those positions okay. anymore. I'm good. So baptisms must be We're in gonna, shallow water. I'm getting water. a new baptismal, the kind where the guy, the guy stands to the side, <laughs> outside the water and baptizes. That's for real. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's funny. Cause when, Pastor so be, Gary, if in case you're hearing this, we are going to take up a special offering for a new baptismal this weekend. All right. There yes, you go. Are. For real? For real. We're not going to use that thing. We're going to use it this yeah. time, but I'm going to take up the offering so that by next month we can be ready to use a new baptismal. Is it, we're not. Is it going to be like the old one? Or no, it'll be, be on the wheels. Oh, be on, yeah. ooh, boy. Yeah. yeah. It just won't be a livestock stock tank. Yeah. Exactly. What? I kind of like that, you know? It uh, is kind of cool, but we bang up the walls trying to get in the room, and it's yeah, a hassle. That's true. And, you know, there's like 750,000, no, 750 gallons of water in that thing. Are you kidding me? No joke. It's a big. That's tank. pretty heavy for a wood floor, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I like it. I, I've seen some baptismal takes that are interesting because I don't know. As soon as I start talking about it, I'm sure my phone's listening right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'll start getting all these Instagrams about baptisms. And there are some baptismal tanks where they're pretty nice with, uh, you know, the jacuzzi jets and everything in it. Yep. You know, I don't know what that would do. To make it better for a baptism a when you Holy have bubbles. Thing, yeah, it? right. The waters are rippled and, you know, <laughs> dunk them in. Uh, yeah. Well, I have noticed that when, you know, normally when you baptize, there are about three guys around the around the thing. <laughs> to yeah. make sure that yeah, I don't right. go down with them. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I, I don't know if it's happened. <laughs> Did that you ever before. see the safety harness <laughs> that I have on the back? <laughs> I was, uh, I've noticed that there's mm-hmm. a safety harness somewhere, yes. you know, in that. But, um, yeah, okay. Well, that's... You know, we don't want to lose the lead the lead pastor here because we'd be in trouble then. But uh, I'm glad that you're safe and not drowning somewhere. And and you know, this will be a memory that Lisa Kay will carry with her for the rest of her life about how you and I will remind her often. That's right. Yeah, you remember that time I almost died to get the <laughs> also but, the center of a new chapter in his marriage book. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. how to be romantic? <laughs> how to be romantic? Right there. It's going to be a part of premarital yeah. counseling. Yeah. 51, what have you done to save your wife? Fifty one yeah. ways to love your wife. Yeah. And almost died. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole new book right there. It is. Yeah. Devotional book. Well, last Sunday we had a uh, great time looking into the word with pastor Matt. Um, he shared with us a, a slightly different perspective on the parable of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 verses 11 to 32. 
Uh, now, if you're wondering where we get that word prodigal, the word prodigal means wasteful. And so this son was basically wasteful and reckless with what he was given by his father. And so that kind of sets us up for the story of what was going to happen in that parable. But last week, Pastor Matt actually did something different. He started the entire scope of his story from the point of view of those Jesus was telling a story to. And uh, that is different. A lot of times people mm. uh, just go right into the prodigal son and tell the story about the mm-hmm. prodigal son. But Pastor Matt started the whole um, message from the point of view of the three different categories that we're listening. Yeah. Yeah. We were looking at, uh, you know, Jesus had been teaching for a while. People had gathered around it said, the it said the tax collectors, sinners, yeah. notorious sinners. If you're in the mm-hmm. uh, NLT, that was good. Yeah. And, um, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were gathered. So we kind of broke them into those three different groups of people that were hearing the story. And it was, it was fun to kind of uh, look at it from the perspective of how are they hearing that story. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, and how they're interpreting it. Just kind yeah. of, as I mentioned, you know, if, if we're sitting there on a Sunday morning hungry, mm-hmm. we're going to be listening to Gary a little bit differently than if, you know, yeah, we're good. if you've made it to the Coffee Connections. Yeah, and so it was, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, it was, so it was fun just to kind of look at the different perspectives that the, those three groups of people were listening from. Yeah, that's a really like that. that's really neat. You know, you're going to filter what you hear. Yeah, you know, by what's going on in your life. That's a great observation. And I'm sure on the menu, if they were sitting around the table, probably would have been figs. I don't know if you'd been able to handle that as a disciple. Yeah, I'm not a big fig guy. I know. You've been, we talked about that. You've been star- you've been starving. You're like, Jesus, come on, man, make this something else. Uh, but I want to dig into that just a little bit more. Why why do you think the perspective of those three people were um, focused and emphasized in this prior to? Jesus getting into the prodigal son. I mean, you like you mentioned, there were tax collectors, Pharisees, and and uh, and another category. What was the other category you said? Notorious sinners. Yeah, they were there. Um, what what do, why do you think Jesus? Because Jesus was very um, calculating when he would do this. It wasn't like he was just saying, "Oh, I got a story I want to share with you." Why do you think that was so uh, important for those particular three? You know, I, I think Jesus realized he had three different audiences sitting in front of him. And wanted to, in the beautiful way that he is able to do it, tell a story, use a parable, communicate the same message to all different three, mm-hmm. you know, all different groups. And so I think he was recognizing it uh, for that time, but then I think he was kind of recognizing it for us today. Because I think at different points, as, as I tried to illustrate, we're sitting in one of those seats at different points in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the message, the message doesn't change, but how we're hearing it and from the perspective that we're hearing it changes. And so I think he was intentional knowing that it would, it would continue to speak a truth that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, I, that's what I was thinking too, when you're sharing it, because uh, yeah, you could look at it, the, the phases or the different types of people too, that were there. Uh, but you know, it's interesting how each one represents, like you mentioned, a mindset Yeah. Uh, as you approach and listen to what Christ has to say. Uh, obviously, the notorious sinners are all of us. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God and are sinners. Uh, but then you have the uh, the Pharisees who were thought they all had to figure it out, right? And then Jesus blows that out of the water with the story. And then you have, what was the other category? Tax collectors. Tax collectors, yeah. So people that were very much into the now me mentality, right? right? It's all yeah. about what I can get out of life right now. So you have those three categories. And I think that was so, so interesting how you pointed that out because I think all of those looked at the story in a different way, right? Because if you're a notorious sinner, you're definitely obviously going to be into the forgiveness aspect of the story. Uh, And if, you know, if you get it, you know, that God's grace can forgive you. But then you got the tax collectors who um, would have seen this guy as doing the right thing, right? It's give me my, give me my money now, you know, I'm going to live my life now the way I want to live it. And self-centered, self-centered, yeah. Yep. And then the Pharisees would have been like, you know, probably on the dad's side because they, you know, went against basically the law of of, of uh, you know Judaism about the father disrespecting the father in that way. So it's interesting how he, you know that story spoke to all those different categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting too. I as I was studying. Uh, you know, you, you hear the sinner group and you think about the rebellious ones that are obviously breaking God's law. But in some of the studying, I found it uh, that sinner group was also found in uh, chapter 14 and five and seven. And it wasn't just those that were breaking the law, but it, it was the poor, the crippled, the blind, and mm-hmm. the lame. So it wasn't those that are just being rebellious. Mm. It was those that were hurting. Yeah. Were, were part of that group. And, and in my head, I think, oh, the sinners, you know, that's, yeah. it's, oh, it's those goes over there. 
Yeah, there was a mentality at that particular time that if you're having a tough time, you must have done something to violate God, so he's going to punish you. Right, yeah. So that's where they get to throw you know, sick people into that group, even though they may or may not have done anything. You know, so you're having problems. Well, you must, God's not giving you favor right now. So you're having all the time problems. You must be a sinner for something. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could also think that maybe the the sinner aspect of it, Jesus covering everybody, like you said, all everybody that has fallen short of God's glory doesn't, doesn't really um, leave out anybody that, that category, right? Everybody, everybody's messed up. Um, so I think it's just interesting, like you mentioned on Sunday, how important it is that we understand these different perspectives as going to the story, because I think you can, uh, get a very tunnel, tunnel approach to it when you just read the, the story itself. And, uh, you know, I tend, every time I tend to read that story, you know, I, I, as a father, you know, I, I love that story because Mm. how he accepts the son and brings him back in. Um, but at the same time, when you, you think about the, the way the son treated him, cause you mentioned that. Um, when the son took his his uh, money, mm-hmm. basically he was telling his father that he's dead to him, yep. yeah, because he wouldn't have gotten that money in any other way unless his father had passed. And so I thought that was that was powerful, that was mm. powerful insight in that. And it just it, you think about it, it's like wow, man, that's that's some guts, you know, to be doing yeah. that. And it just shows how selfish and and um, uh, nar- narcissistic that this mm-hmm. this son was about his life. He didn't even care about that relationship, you know, and it speaks a lot to us as, as people, um, that don't know God, you know, we, we act as though we don't really care that there's a creator because we're only living in our own now, you know, it's just living our life. Um, so getting into that decision, um, to leave home and impact, uh, the, the impact that uh, the relationship had with his family. Um, how do you think, how do you think that happened? I mean, how do you think it really impacted the father and the other son, the older son. Um, what are some, some interesting things that we can pull from that? I, I, you mentioned some of the things with the father and the son. Um, what did, what did you, what did you get from that when you were studying? Yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting looking at it because it wasn't just a matter of the father, you know, the son saying, Hey, I want your money and him going, all right, here's a check, you know, mm-hmm. go cash at the bank. It, it was a big deal. The father yeah. most likely had to sell property and kind of liquidate some of that oh, wealth yeah. and give it to him. So, uh, you know, in, in my head, I'm, I kind of even mentioned if that was my house, I would have been slapped upside the head yeah, you know, right, if I would have yeah. asked for that. And so, um, it was, it was interesting that it was a bigger deal. We don't, um, you know, there's in all three of the parables that we looked at, there's all kinds of questions you can ask and you can try and figure out every detail. And that wasn't the purpose of the parables. Yeah. And so, uh, I had to kind of step back a couple of times and go, all right, let's not get bogged down in the details and let's see what's going on. But it was interesting that the father was willing to let the son make that decision. Mm-hmm. Like he, the father could have stopped him. Mm-hmm. The father could have yeah. popped him upside yeah. the head, but he was he was willing to do that. The other interesting thing was, um, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it's known as the the parable of the prodigal son. It probably should be the prodigal sons mm-hmm. because even though the, yeah. even though the older son stayed, uh, he was in just a messed up position as the younger son, and. Um, and he, he watched it all happen. Yeah. And he didn't do anything to stop the, the younger son and be a part of that. You know, Jesus, uh, th- this is the greatest short story ever told. Yeah. Um, you know, writers from all over history have recognized this. Is, and it's par- partly because Jesus introduces this, the second son or the older son at the end of the story. So you kind of already made your determination on who the real guilty one is. Yep. And then he springs this new character in yeah. at the end, a cl- kind of a cliffhanger kind of thing. And then all of a sudden now... If you're reading it correctly, you recognize the prodigal sons as your rec- as you've mentioned, Pastor Matt. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, if we were to look at this maybe through a more of a theological lens, do you think this has anything to do with maybe a comparison between Israel and anyone else outside of Israel, Jews and non-Jews? Uh, you know, because you have the prodigal son who who leaves, and then the son, then the father brings him back, but then you have the son that was standing there, the older son. Hmm. It's kind of interesting you bring that up, and I hadn't thought about it, but, you know, the two of the tribes didn't actually enter the promised land. They stayed on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't enter fully in. They kind of rebelled and stayed yeah. stayed where they were. I don't know if that would apply. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, I thought it was an interesting concept because um, I, I was reading in one of the many books I have in my office about how that might be a, a way you can view it because you have the older son who would represent Israel yeah. is sitting there going, wait a minute, you know, we've been here the whole time mm-hmm. and you're going to treat right this. Thing. Yeah. We're yeah. doing the right thing. And you're going to let this guy come back into the, the fold, uh, you know, as opposed, you know, talking about 
uh, how the rest of us yes. were mm. bar- brought back in. And, and I think Paul talks about later on in Romans 11 mm-hmm. about how, you know, we're sort of the, the wild branch that was grafted. Um, it, it just seems like yeah. it ties into something there. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, that, that's an excellent Yeah, I haven't yeah. thought about that either, but it is it is really interesting to kind of think about. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, the story kind of like goes a lot a of lot places. Of yeah. yeah. Go, you know, it deals with the, the, the normal idea of how we understand the father accepting us in mercy and grace, maybe how Israel and, and the Gentiles were, you know, brought back into the situation. Cause we really don't have a resolution as far as the older son, other than the fact that his dad's like, you know what, he was gone and now he's back. Uh, it doesn't really tell you how the older son. Yeah. You, you get a chance to see how Jesus values he values repentance more than he values keeping the rules. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The older son kept the rules. Mm-hmm. The younger son repented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we values repentance more than obedience. Yeah. And the, the issue of the celebration too, that was a, that's an interesting thing. I mean, it could have been one thing where the father said, Hey, I'm going to have you back in here. But not only does he do that, but he celebrates him as though he's, like this, this greatest thing that's ever happened in his life, yeah. Uh, by killing what you said, the the fatted calf, yeah. right? Yeah, he could have killed anything else, right? But he they chose the one he that did. Was, he did. Yeah. He made it a party. Yeah, yeah. And you you were really encouraging between services and kind of reminding you know that that symbolism of putting the sandals on mm-hmm. the son's yeah. feet. You know, it was clearly saying you're not a servant, you're a son. Mm-hmm. And putting the ring on his finger and your terminology was uh, putting the credit card back in his hand. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you are you are fully restored into this position yeah you know rather than like well okay we'll put you on probation we'll see what we'll see how it goes right yeah 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 the it was it was interesting thing i had read that somewhere before when i shared it with you but um you know the sandals uh servants normally don't get sandals because they're usually working around the house or working around uh the the family's home and so it was just kind of a deterrent that they would not hightail it out Mm. and run out of the area mm. they were they were there you know and maybe it's just kind of reassurance to the person that was the slave owner uh but uh with this situation putting the shoes back on his feet is basically he's giving him his his freedom mm-hmm. and rule and reign as though he could do whatever he wants to do you know it's kind of like again the credit card and yeah um so you know taking it to where we are today and you know what ways can uh, i think we relate to both the prodigal son and the older son in our lives right now. I mean, how would you want to transfer that more updated to us where we are right now? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think all, all of us have kind of been at one point in our life in that rebellious stage of the younger son. You know, the the Tim Queller, Tim Keller quote that I kind of read, you know, what did the younger son want most? Um, he wanted to make his own decisions, to have the unfettered control of his portion of the wealth, mm-hmm. his his life. And so I think all of us can relate to the story in the sense of, like, we all kind of at some point in our life go, you know what, yeah, I, I think I know what's better. And I'm going to mm-hmm. choose, I'm going to do this and yeah. um, experience the consequences of that. Some seems like quite haven't yet, but I think we all there. The one that struck me was the kind of perspective that the older son and... Um, Tim Keller says that uh, what did the older son want most? He uh, he just he was just as resentful to mm-hmm. the father's control of his mm-hmm. life as the younger son mm-hmm. was. Yeah, he just that's he good. just did it, and I and and he used that obedience as uh, manipulation and control towards the father. Yeah, and um, man, as somebody who who grew up in the church and has had to battle kind of the works mentality and trying mm-hmm. to earn it and be good enough and perform. Yeah. Uh, I, as I was through this, I was like, Oh man, I'm, I see myself sitting in the seat of the That's good. older son way more often than I want to admit. Yeah. Because I go, I, I'm doing it right. I've, I've done this and I, or I've sacrificed that and you should be doing this God and it's not working. Yeah. And I'm missing the fact that, um, that I'm still a son. And yeah. it takes me back to, Pastor Gary, you did the you did the quest uh, that we kind of built our free life uh, around, and I remember the one of the big parts of the quest for me was um, uh, I went on that quest uh, <laughs> kind of forced. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. Like it was, I went, yeah, but it was. Yeah. I found out I was going when Pastor Gary announced, "Hey, Pastor Matt's going on this quest." <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that, but that yeah. sounds like me. Yeah, that's that's uh, I beat Pastor Gary. Yeah. And later yeah. he was yeah. like, "You don't have to go if you don't want to go." I'm like, "No, I'll go." But it was it was a 
a, a bunch of people had gone from the church yeah. and I'd heard lots of great things and like it was a, a powerful <laughs> yeah. moment. Yeah. I'm in sorry, the, man. No, in the back <laughs> of my head, I'm like, I'm going to be the guy that goes on this and I'm, they're going to be like, how was it? You know, what did yeah. God show you? And I'm going to be like, eh, it was okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so I was like, okay, I'm going into this and if they tell me to read, I'm going to read. If they tell me to memorize, I'm going to memorize. If they tell me to go sit in the woods, I'm going to do that. And so like, I know whatever I put into it, I'm going to get out of it. Yeah. And so about three days into it, uh, I am sitting in the middle of a field doing my little workbook, and I am just ticked off because yeah. God didn't, doesn't feel like God's saying anything or doing anything. And, and <laughs> my fear of I'm going to be the guy that comes back and be like, yeah. Eh, yeah. it was all right. And I just remember him saying to me, uh, I need you to stop doing and just be. And it was that reminder of whether you have the title of Pastor Matt, whether you work at a church, whether you do... I'm not concerned about what you're doing. I just want you to recognize who you are. Yeah. And you are my son. And mm. so I think that looking at the the story of the older son, kind of it's that reminder to go, wait a second, who are who where is our identity coming from? And yeah. and um and how do we keep that focus right? And I think you're right. I think you're so right on the money because there's such a temptation, I think, especially if you've been in the church for a long time, or if you're like us that are working in the ministry. Um, to think that you have some sort of credit built up, uh, that you have something that you can leverage in situations in the same thing. Uh, it seems like you, you just kind of uh, some, somehow just get that thought process. I don't even know why. Maybe if you've been in it for a long time, right? You're, you feel like this entitlement because I've, I've sacrificed, I've suffered, I've done whatever. And, you know, um, when I've read the story and you brought it up again on Sunday, is that... Um, the other son is a helpful reminder for us to realize that we should be really coming to the the father in that same way. This idea of this humility this understanding that uh, I'm not worth really the opportunity, even though you give it to me because he gets everything back. Um, but it's, it's you, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here because you're allowing me to be in here. And so I know and for me talking about my own time in ministry, I mean, there were, there was a time where, I'm like, you know, ministry sucks. I hate the opportunity that I have to be in these situations. I don't want to do it anymore. I, I, you know, why do I have to constantly keep doing this? Why can't I be in a situation where it's not like this, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, why do I have to put all the time in and all the sweating, you know, and it was, it was a moment where God just really broke me down and he's mm -hmm. like, you know, listen here, man, you know, you have this because I give it to you, not because you've done anything in yourself. Yeah. And um, the old passage of Paul reminds me of us being vessels, right? Mm -hmm. And Paul says there's different vessels that are used. There's vessels that are used for bathroom use, and there's vessels that are used to pour wine. And, uh, you know, God does what he does. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we, we kind of get in this mindset like, hey, man, you know, like the son. The one, son. one of the things that I've heard um, when it comes to longevity in ministry, because there are times when you get tired and, you know, frustrated and hurt, or whatever it might be, and you that entitlement will start to take hold in your heart and your mind. Do you know that uh, most pastors that when they get out of the ministry, about thirty to sixty days later, they realize they they regret the decision that they oh made. yeah, I so, imagine yeah, tremendous amount of regret because you've stepped outside of God's calling and you know the direction that He's given you for yeah. for relief or abandonment or whatever it might be, but um, that regret will come 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 in on the on that decision. Yeah, yeah I remember. Uh, for me, it was, it was a clear conversation I had with God mm. when we um, retired from previous ministry. You know, and there was a moment where I was like, I could do anything now. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to go yeah. through the, the emotional struggle and, and all the pain that I've dealt with over the years. You know, people backstabbing you and things going like that. And, and then God's like, what else would you do? This is what I've put you here to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember it's like all those thoughts that I had, I was like, oh, man, you're right. What else could I do? Mm -hmm. You know, there's not, I can't just go find another job and be satisfied. It wouldn't happen. Um, I didn't, I didn't uh, have a chance to bring this up in one of my morning talks here, but uh, entitlement, this mm -hmm. idea that I've earned something, God owes me something, right? I, I deserve better treatment than, yeah. than anybody else. That's entitlement. Uh, entitlement will fog out the face and the hand of God mm. oh, from wow. your life. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll get more and more foggy the more entitled you feel. And he, you will not be able to see him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Because if you look at the story, mm -hmm. that's what the other son does. He doesn't look at his father as his father. Mm -hmm. He looks at him as this thing that's keeping him from being what he wanted to be, what he thought he should have had. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, speaking to that idea of entitlement. I, I, yeah, 
That's just a temptation, isn't it? It is. And, you know, especially like when you start making lists of accomplishments and you start mm-hmm. making lists of the things you've gone through for mm-hmm. the sake of, mm-hmm. right away it's like, see, look at look at what I've done for you. Uh, look at all these things that I've accomplished in your name. And you're like, I should get something for this, you know? So, so Pastor Matt brings it up, and I appreciate you doing that. When I went on my quest, I had been in ministry up to that point, maybe 25, 30 years, I don't know. 25 years for sure. And I felt like I had taken Jesus off the cross and put myself up there. Yeah. He owed me something. Yeah. And that was my breaking point. That was my point that I realized that I was, my attitude was in the wrong place. Yeah. You know, I was a good man. I loved Jesus. I was in ministry and I had taken Jesus off the cross and put myself there. Yeah. And it changed me. Mm. Yeah. And I think it happens. I think it happens to all of us. I think the difference, one of the contrasts I noticed between the two sons is one son, obviously we don't have a resolution of what happened there, but the younger son, there's a moment where a lot of texts say it came to his senses, senses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he realized, and I think that was the difference. That was a change. Yeah. Um, Kind of repentance. Yeah. 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 Realized the reality of the situation. And, and I really think that the Holy Spirit does that for a lot of us, puts us in that position where mm-hmm. you, you have to have a come to your senses moment where you're like, oh, this is what it's about. Mm-hmm. Because apart from the grace and mercy of God, I'm, I'm in a pig trough, you know, yeah. basically trying to survive. But and then the son says it'd be so much better. I'd mm-hmm. rather be a servant yep. in the house of my father than to mm-hmm. be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think all of us have to come to that moment in our own, our own spiritual journey is that, Hey, you know what, without God, this is not good. This is, this, the situation is not good, but it, I would rather, you know, do the, whatever I can to be where I was before with God. And you don't ever want to get to that yeah. point. Uh, that, go, the, ahead. You know, go ahead. The interesting thing that you just said there, that talking about the entitlement of the older son, the younger son, kind of in that moment of coming to a sense, this repentance like it was just the opposite of that entitlement. He yeah. could have, he could have went and said, yeah, dad, you got to forgive me. I'm yeah. your son. That's yeah. But he didn't feel the entire, he didn't feel entitled to be even called the son anymore. Right. Like yeah. he recognized and said, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to repent. Yeah. And, 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 th- and so that's, that's the, that's the point that I was going to make up uh, perfectly is it's the role of the father is the role of our heavenly father to put our identity back where it needs to be. Ooh, that's that's good, not, good. We don't give it to ourselves. Yeah. We receive it from him. That's good. It's that's the father. good. The, the young man's like, I don't deserve, I just deserve to be a servant. And the father says, Nope, you're my son. And he reestablishes his identity, which is interesting because the older son takes the identity away from the younger brother mm-hmm. because he refers to him mm-hmm. as the son of yours. He didn't exactly. Even, he didn't he's not even, even my brother. He's not even my brother anymore. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I think we got like, I'm looking at my list here. We got about five other sermons that we could put in here. Oh, yeah. 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 The other interesting thing that stuck out this time, kind of looking at it was, uh, you know, when the the older older son kind of gets upset about the father's, you know, forgiveness towards the younger son. He said, you know, the son of yours has been off squandering on prostitutes and Mm -hmm. wild living. And the the thought that the older son knew what was happening in the life of the younger son Mm -hmm. didn't do anything about it. He was so focused on his work and yeah. what was important to him yeah. that he couldn't even see his own brother was harming himself and wasn't willing to go after him. That's good. Yeah, so his identity in with his father wasn't based on himself. It was based on how bad the other brother was. Yeah. I'm not him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. That's also another dangerous place that we find ourselves in in culture yep. where I get my uplifting by lowering you down. Yeah, and it, I mean... That's an easy temptation to fall into, right? I mean, mm-hmm. especially, you know, you can put it in the context of, of church life. I mean, if you, uh, you've you been going to church for, I don't know, since you're a baby in diapers, mm-hmm. and you have somebody coming into the church, and they're, you know, tatted up, and they've got a testimony that goes a mile long, you're like, yeah, I, I didn't do that. So, you know, I must be on a different list than them. Mm-hmm. You know, God must look at me differently. And, you know, we start realizing that, you know, God looks at us the same. Regardless, I mean, because really, if you look at it, the prodigal story, the father doesn't seem to identify the one brother better than the other or make any mm-hmm. uh, contrasting list. He just, it's the assumption is they're, they're both his sons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for us that want to see justice given and, you know, uh, repercussions made, uh, God doesn't seem to tend to work that way. He seems to say grace is sufficient for everybody, regardless of where you ever come from and come into the story of the kingdom, you're just as much as important mm-hmm. as the next guy who 
you know, Billy Graham is just as important as the heroin addict that gets saved, mm-hmm. uh, which that, I think that's a cultural, um, countercultural statement. Yeah. Because we really like to prioritize, you know, people based on what you mentioned, not, Pastor Matt. And not only, not yeah. only people in church, but people out of church. People out of church, It's the yeah. people out of church that will look at you and say, well, you have a better, you have a better in with God than I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you have true. more of an opportunity than I do. That's true. That's not true. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what they would say. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that's just not a truth. The truth is that we have all access to God. Yeah. And that, and I think that's, uh, that's one of the cool things we start really getting people to understand and, and they become, come to their senses and realize where I'm at and where I need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's why, and you know, in the church, that's why we got to really guard ourselves from that because I think the devil definitely likes to stoke that fire as much as he can. Uh, because you know, division is probably one of the easiest ways to bring down anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if he can get us to be like the older brother, making judgments, prejudice statements, uh, you know, eventually we, we can destroy the whole fabric or at least try to destroy the fabric of how somebody is coming into the situation. I, I wonder if we could, if we could have the rest of the story, mm-hmm. I wonder how that relationship between the older brother and younger brother mm-hmm. ever worked out after this, you know, I mean, it sounds I, like a book you're reading. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I have mm-hmm. my assumptions, but you know, I think that takes, I think it's a long process of getting somebody to um, come to the same awareness that somebody comes into the faith that has gone from something really bad and, and now come to the senses and come into the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You got two different, it's like we see people on getting saved on Sunday. You know, you got people that are in the church a long time and they seem like they're dead in their seats. Somebody gets saved and they come into the church and they're like, I want to get baptized. I want to do whatever I can. I want to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's crazy. The difference and the contrast between the two. Mm-hmm. And you just would really pray and hope that the people that have been sitting in the, the seats for that long, We'll get the same fire as the person that just came in, you know, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but it's just one of those things. Yeah. 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 I, um, the kind of the three words that we looked at throughout the talk was the heart of God was to run after, to rescue, and then to restore. Mm -hmm. But the reality is like God will always do his part. He's faithful to do the running, the rescuing and the restoring. Um, but both the younger son and the older son were invited into the house Yeah, and the younger, the older son, would come into the house. And so unfortunately not everybody's going to respond to the rescue of the father. That's good. And that's, uh, that's a tough one to think about, but mm-hmm. you know, talking with someone after the sermon, you know, how do I go after this person? We can do what we can, but ultimately it, re- it you know, people have to choose whether they're going to accept the identity that the father wants to give them, or they're going to continue to run on their own. And it's really good. That's tough. It's really good. Well, you have got any uh, closing statements on this message? It was really good. I really appreciate you challenging us. And thank you, Pastor us Matt. Think. Hits a home run every time. Yeah, he does. So, Pastor Matt, I know you got a big event coming up uh, this winter, and um, I know that it's a fundraiser yes. kind of thing. Tell us a little oh. bit about what you got going on. It kind of circles it encircles our entire talk here today. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm sitting, I didn't realize I was sitting next to the the starting member or the oh, wait, yeah. unofficial form the inventor of the of cornhole. cornhole. Yeah. I, I try to keep it quiet. But yeah. cornhole has obviously yeah. become a uh, pretty big sport nationwide. You can yeah. watch it on ESPN like 75 or something now, mm. I think. And But uh, there's a whole group of people here in Northern Michigan that love cornhole and play it at different locations. And now that we've got the Solid Rock Center open, we've got some space. And so uh, Mike Paulus has uh, come up with the idea to be a host for uh, a cornhole league kind of competition thing through Cornholio, I think is the name of it. Yeah. I, yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. And uh, so uh, starting in December, first weekend in December on Saturday nights, registration will be at 5 o'clock. Games start at 6. Uh, there's a $10 registration fee. Oh, and right. then um, it's Mike is super organized, and it's all official. And uh, winner gets part of the cash prize. Part of the cash prize goes to uh, the youth group. And uh, so we'll have uh, the goal is to have six different sets of boards. And so we're looking for sponsors to, to put your name on that board. So your logo and everything will be right you, on that. Do you know any of the details on sponsorship yet? I think a full board, a uh, full set of boards is 600 bucks. Okay. I'll get your logo on um, the board that gets the board, the little tablet to keep scores uh, down to $200 to get you a quarter of a board. I mm. think is what it is. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so it's going to be a really Pastor great Alex, time. Do you realize that you could join this thing, yeah. make money and become actually a professional yeah. Anytime you make money from something, yeah. you're a professional cornholer. Yeah. I could. Uh, I'm just, uh, you know, even though I may have been the presumed uh, inventor of the game, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not really that good. I'm yeah. not really that good. I'll tell you who is good. Uh, Tom Dale. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
We've got some we've got some corn holders here at yeah. Harbor Light that yeah. I was really impressed. He's a ringer. I, I don't know. I just uh I, I would put him up against some other people, but he wow. was, he's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we'll have got, to see him prove it. We've got our first sponsor of boards, Bay okay. Area Clean Care is doing a set of boards. Okay. And um uh Andrew, their oldest son, is actually competes. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so but if you if you come, you get into the corn holio system and yeah. it'll rate you on where you're at. Really? Like, it, it, yeah. Automatically. Nationally. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cornholio, do you remember that? Term? No, I don't know. I I wasn't tuned in with that. That had been time. That would have been during your youth pastor years. Yeah, Beavis and Butthead. Does that? Ring I well? wasn't allowed to watch it. You weren't allowed to watch it. At no. All? Yeah. Well, that's that's where the term. Okay. For, I don't know. I don't know if Mike is thinking that way, but I'm just thinking that's it's it's, a, it's an app. It's the name of an app. Oh, it's, it's the not, name of the app. Okay, yeah. so he didn't do it. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. So somebody, somebody was from the MTV generation <laughs> that pulled that together. I'm yep. just saying. Yeah. Anyways. Well, uh, thank you again for being a part of more podcasts, Pastor Gary. Thank you again. For yes. Your time. Love it. And uh, Pastor Matt, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, don't forget to uh, look for our podcasts that are on there now from the first season. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you can That's binge watch cool. in hours. And, yeah. So thank you for all of our listeners. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Uh, I, I don't think we've gotten a negative comment yet. So everyone loves the show. Yeah, and all the the tweets, keep them coming. Yep. I mean, we've got some good ones that have come in. Let us know what you're thinking on these mm-hmm. tweets, and uh, we'll we'll read them if we you know get get a few. We'll, we'll read them. Usually, we get about you know twenty or thirty a day. So okay, I'll, I'll just put them on there for you. Nice. All right, talk to you guys later. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission. Now.